Welcome to this special edition of the Old Grad Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Schleck. We're joined tonight by our classmate, Ovi Alfaro, company B2, along with my co-host, Holly Fishburn West. Welcome everybody to the Old Grab Podcast. Uh, today is May 8th. You make sure you hit mute there, Holly. I did, I did. I'm sorry. Today is May 8th, Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Holly, happy Mother's Day to you. Yep. And happy Mother's Day to all of our classmates who are moms. So uh, today is uh, a great day because we have our esteemed co- uh, classmate, uh, Ovi Alfaro, who's going to come and talk to us, company B2. Ovi, how you doing? You hear us okay? Yeah, everything's great. Good to be here. Happy Mother's Day to everybody. It's like to see you, and thank you for agreeing to do this. Uh, how was your uh, so? How, how was your weekend? My weekend was great. I uh, did what every father would do with his wife. I did exactly what she told me to do. So part of it was making a donut wall for my daughter, who's graduating from Clemson. So my wife told me to make a donut wall. I didn't know what the heck a donut wall was, but I know what a donut wall is now. And if what? you don't know what a donut hole, a uh, donut wall is, go to Google. You'll see uh-huh. pictures. And that's what I did all weekend for my bride. Please explain. Give me the Reader's Digest first. Look it up. Well, it's um, just imagine that there's a party, a graduation party going on, and you want to have different stations, if you will. So one of the stations is literally a, uh, an easel board type thing where you hang donuts like on dowels or rods. So that's what you do nowadays, I guess. So I built one that can, that can house 96 donuts. And this is for, you said for graduation? Yeah, my daughter's graduating from Clemson on Friday coming up. Congratulations. That's awesome. Is this your first college graduate? Oh, no. My, my second, my son graduated about a year and a half ago from Georgia Tech. And Emma, my last one, is graduating from Clemson. And, uh, and the biggest deal there is that I don't have another tuition check to write. Yeah, another you're done. State tuition check. Where, so out of state, where, where do you live? Well, right now I'm living outside of Philadelphia here in Pennsylvania. Uh, When the kids started going to college, uh, we were in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So Coleman went to Atlanta from from Texas, and then we moved to northern Alabama. And from there, Emilo went to Clemson. Then we we all moved up here, my wife and I, we moved up here to Philadelphia just so I can make the Army-Navy game a lot easier for me. 
Is that is that that's the primary reason for moving up there, huh? Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that Holly and her friends could come over to the house. And that I could feed him fireball. Hey, Ovi, I haven't I don't have a tuition check to pay either. So I've I've been pretty lucky with that too. <laughs> yeah, so far, so far. So well, I got two for right, two. Kyle's, I, I gotta pay for Kyle's PG year. So yeah. Well, you also got you had to pay for uh, Lexi to go for a year at uh Rhode Island, right? Didn't she no, go I, we, I, that was, uh, we used GI a GI bill. bill. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So what are you guys drinking? I see, I see some colorful drinks there in the background. What, what, what do we got going on here? Well, in honor of, uh, of Cinco de Mayo, it's at a celebration where I guess the Mexicans rid themselves of the French. Uh, that's what we celebrate. So Holly and I decided that we would uh, have some margaritas. I had the strawberry margarita. She has uh, that lime margarita going on, yeah, but she's but got it's, a great formula for hers. I do. I've got the best recipe for margaritas if you want it. Everyone who has them always says, always asks me for it after. But I'm drinking mine not in honor of Cinco de Mayo, but in honor of Obi Ovi, who. I guess it's not Mexican, but Cuban is kind of close enough. So it's kind of Hispanic in the same kind of vicinity. Makes you think of, and his walk-up song was Hispanic. So I was like, okay, we could drink margaritas. Yeah, I have to apologize for the technical difficulty on Facebook. I didn't get the walk-up song working, but for those who are listening on the Apple iTunes, you'll hear the, you'll hear the walk-up song. So he's got a nice, what, what kind of, what, what, what was it? It sounds like Latino. a... Uh, yeah, it's Latino, but what, 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 what am I thinking of? The thing that you do like a salsa to that or something, right? Yeah, well, for, for those of us that are from the Caribbean, we would recognize the name Celia Cruz. She was the uh, she was a salsa queen of Cuba. So <clears throat> I just picked a song, uh, Life is a Carnival. La Vida es un Carnaval. And it has pretty good rhythm. And I, I was going to do it for Carlos Canino or Eddie Bayou. Uh, just to maybe see them dance a little bit, but we'll, we'll have to do it next time. Eddie, who's my company mate, I, he's come up on this podcast many, many times. He's like a, <laughs> the guy is just a stand up community, a stand up comedian. He's just, he's yeah. full of one liners. He's full of just, he's, he was, he made West Point fun. Eddie Bayuth made West Point fun for me, I think. Well, he, he made West Point fun for me too, and he's made life after West Point just as fun. The guy showed up uh, to visit me in, in the uh, Fort Worth area with a bottle of Cuban rum. Nice. Not bad. Not bad. Nice. Nice. So, so what made you move from Dallas to, to Philly area besides okay. the Army-Navy game? Yeah, well, uh, so when this game that we all play in life, you know, we all chase um, uh, certain things, right? And for me, I had a chance to read a book and the title of the book was Halftime. And the question of that book was, okay, now that you've got to your halftime, what are you going to do with the second half of your life? So having gone through the first half and pocketed a couple nickels, I decided, you know, it's probably time that I start giving back to, to the country in a more meaningful way uh, to my communities. So Ashley and I, my wife and I, we decided to get involved in a, a couple of different things. But this hall up here to Philadelphia was intended um, to be the CEO, uh, the COO of the American Bible Society. 
So the American Bible Society is a very interesting organization. What we do is we just really pump Bibles out. We translate Bibles. Uh, we still have about another 1,800 languages that we still need to translate the Bible into. So we partner up with a variety of people just to make sure that they can get uh, the, the Word of God out there. So um, what, what I'm doing here is trying to help them out as they turn around and, uh, and, and get their footing under some strategy. But here's what's very interesting. In my office, I have a portrait of a guy named Joseph Swift. <clears throat> and those of you who are gray hogs, you would uh, recognize him as a first graduate of West Point. And it turns out that he, uh, from 1819 to 1826, somewhere around there, he worked at the American Bible Society. So what, what makes his little story and my story uh, clever together is that not only is he the first graduate of West Point, and I, in some ways, have filled his seat, but his, one of his first assignments out of West Point uh, where the water works at uh, Cape Fear in North Carolina, Wilmington, North Carolina. And it's very interesting because that's where I asked Ashley, my wife, to marry me, right there on the uh, banks of, uh, of Cape Fear. So I think that's a pretty uh, cool little story. But the American Bible Society, we've been around for 206 years. Uh, actually, on Tuesday, it's going to be 206 years. And, uh, and I'm there to help them out with their turnaround. Cool. Daisy, I see you in the background. What are you doing? <laughs> hey, Daisy. Hello. Hey, Daisy. How are you? I'm my favorite, Daisy. Doing great. How are you doing, Elvis? Oh, it's good to see you, Daisy. Good to see you too. Congratulations hey, how's soccer on going, Daisy. Pretty yeah, good. She, she had a big yeah. victory this weekend. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Daisy got a big, big couple months going up. They can start talking to her on June fifteenth. So, awesome. We're gonna see what happens. That's when, yeah. as we keep on saying, that's when the rubber meets the road, baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My daughter Claire had some games this weekend too. So they uh, they went down to PKs in one of the games. Didn't work uh, out so well for them. Yeah. So oh, I hate was, that. I know. I know. But yeah. she's 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 good with it. I mean, it's just you know she's playing. She plays for the love of the sport. You know, I don't, I don't think she's yeah. gonna be playing and you know. She could be playing D three for sure. Yeah, uh, anywhere. But um, we'll see what happens. But she she loves the game. That's all I care about. As long as she loves the game. Yep. As long as they keep loving it, they're not yeah. complaining about going. Yeah. Did Did your kids do sports, Ovi? Uh, my uh, my son did do sports. Um, Coleman's a funny little guy. I love him for a lot of reasons, but he's the one guy that you look at and go, "Wow, you must be athletic." You are athletic looking right but he's just one of those guys he looks athletic uh athletic but he doesn't thrive in athletics however when we did go up to uh canada and live for a couple of years he got into rugby and absolutely loved rugby so he's been doing a lot more of that and, and he just loves it i think he he really likes it because of the friendships and the relationships uh that rugby uh, brings along and Emma was just a good around little athlete. Everything that she did, she did pretty well. Uh, she got into field hockey when we went up to Canada and she liked that. But, uh, but I think that cheering and dancing are her passion. Nice. 
Speaking of rugby, we should give a shout out to the Army rugby team who won the national yeah. championship in Houston uh, last weekend, I think. Right? Yeah, that was pretty cool. I, I, uh, a story for another another podcast, but the Matt Meehan, who's one of the captains of the team, he, um, he and I go way back. I was his mentor when he uh, almost got separated, ended up being a year turn back. And the interesting thing is I said to him, when he was a year turn back, I said, Matt, you know, he's in my office, he's in tears. And I'm like, Matt, things happen for a reason. You don't know it now, but just trust me, things happen for a reason. And so I wrote to him the night before they played and I, the national championship. And I said, Hey, Matt, you know, good luck. And I said, remember that night on the, remember that day on the couch. And I said, I said, things happen for a reason. I said, I think you found your reason. Mm-hmm. That's pretty yeah. awesome. That's Very epic. Cool. Yeah. So Obi, like this American Bible Society, you said, and it was Jonathan. Is Jonathan or Joseph Swift? I think it's Jonathan's. Joseph. Joseph? That, would been, that would have been a good trivia question. Would, would you have known that, Holly, the first graduate of uh, West Point? Yeah, somehow that? I would have known that. You would have known that. Hmm. Holly's the greatest hog. <laughs> so, here, so you know, I was thinking, but there's some trivia questions that I, we should come up with for our class. I I was thinking about a couple because I've seen I've oh. seen some trends you know with you know having been the the class donor officer class donation officer like i i see that you know de details um here's an easy one for you here's a here's a here's a softball one um how many twins do we have in our class five right so you're counting the hearts there right well we ha we have the herreras the linda myers the peters the lasowskis and um the Hodneys. Hodneys, right. And so the six, hearts, I did not count the hearts because they were not in our class. Right. So there's at least two other classmates that I know of who are twins, whose twin yes. did not attend West Point. Yep. Um, who like who who have who have a twin, like but the the twin did not. I mean, there's probably more than that, but I know that there's at least two. Like Amuso George has a twin um, that did not you yep. know go to West Point, and then I know also. Um, um, who am I thinking of? Um, uh, it's going to come to me in a second. It's a woman from D1. I can't remember. African-American woman from D1. Why can't I think of it? Oh, I'm such an idiot. She's going to kill me for not, for not remembering her name. Um, sh uh, shit. It'll come to me in a second. Oh, it's... But, uh, uh, um, why do I... I, I, sh I, sh I should... What's that? She played basketball. Yeah, she is a great basketball player. Charlene. Charlene. Charlene, Charlene, yeah. and her sister, I think, is Darlene or Marlene. Darlene Mills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she, she's a twin. Her sister's identical to her. So I saw, wow. I saw her sister at um, our thirty reunion. So she brought her sister to the thirty year reunion. I'm like, hey, Charlene. She's like, no, I'm not Charlene. Charlene's over there. Like, I'm, wow. I'm Marlene. Yeah. Well, yeah, in so. the heart. So interesting. Jerry Hart is now back here coaching the boxing team. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Chris, yeah, they Chris Hart they, is working at the advanced war, at the uh, Army War, war College. College. Yeah. yeah, Jerry Hart's son went to West Point, just graduated last year, but then now he's coaching the boxing team. Well, he's gonna he's he's taking over. I think Ray Barone retires this year, maybe next year, but he's been taking it over. Here's a trivia question for you. This is a tricky one, right? What is the most popular last name of our class? Hmm. Uh, this is a trick one. Thomas. 
Oh, we got people guessing on on the on the chat feed too. I can yeah, see the chat feed. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, Nancy Lynn Green just joined our just joined our podcast. How's that possible? She just jumped on. Nancy, what are you doing? Yeah, I just I just sent her. I was going to say Green. Oh, was was gonna gonna say green. <laughs> how are you? Hey, Nancy, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was I I didn't know where to go. Like I've never had trouble before, so uh, I don't know. Well, it's it's live on our face. Oh, and we got Dave Dadich on too. Uh, this is like a party now we got going. Look at this. <laughs> Dave, we were just talking about you. Hey. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just so excited for Obi's interview tonight. So. Look at that Greyhog background that Dave's got going on there. You got the sword, you got the uh, cadet saber, and you got the uh, what do you got back there? Some some other uh, some other power for now, some other. Uh, yeah, look at that. Here. I got all kinds of shit in here. This Zoom meeting did not come up on the Facebook link. You guys, first no, and second. No, no, Zoom no, Zoom. no. See, I got to get your shit together. The net is red. The net is red. You guys are on the wrong link right now. You, you guys yeah. are on the Facebook one. This is the one for the actual interviewee and the uh, co-host. But we're glad to have you along the way. This is well, kind of well, cool. Look, so, so here's the deal with uh, Nancy. Don't, don't go away yet, David. Look, Nancy and I, small world. Nancy has a spectacular background and I was working at Bethany Christian Services and we're an adoption firm and a foster care firm at the time. I've got to tell you, the small world is how Nancy got linked into that world with me and we hung out in Chattanooga a couple times. I'll tell you what, it was a great time. I had not seen her in 20 odd years. So she and I, we had a chance to reconnect, and uh, and I apologize right now, Nancy, because I just sent you this little link, and I, I guess I wasn't supposed to, because you couldn't get on. So I was like, "Hey, I want to see you anyway." But absolutely incredible young lady, and the weirdest thing—you talk about small worlds, where we have a little uh, family mountain house in just south of Hendersonville in North Carolina. There's this guy that I have known for decades, and he's a tennis instructor. And it turned out that David Viney is his name, that he taught at the school where at Nancy Bali, where I taught. So you talk about a small, small, small world. So Nancy, you know, we had a whole lot of time to catch up. But yeah, th this is one of the great things. I think there are what, 52,000 of us West Point graduates and, you know, just about a thousand of us in the class of 1991. It's funny, everywhere you go, you run into folks that you know and, and folks that just make you feel good about your past and your experiences and all that. Always something to bond about. And uh, if you're ever wondering what makes Nancy smile, honey whiskey, right? Tennessee, yes. <laughs> Jack Daniels, uh, yeah, Jack Daniels, honey. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, Nancy, you're just great people. So, thanks for joining. But I thanks. guess you're not supposed to be on this one. You could be on it. You, you're welcome to hang out on this call, or you can go to our class Facebook page because it's live there. And we have, I okay. see, I know that other people are on there. I see, but like uh, Rob Blomquist and. Uh, Alex Rogers and and uh, some other people are on there too, yeah. but nobody's answered this question. What is the most popular last name of our class? I was going to say Green when you said when you said Nancy Green. I was like, oh, I think it might be Green. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I know of at least I think three or four. Yeah, I'll There's never get one that. name that is the most. How many is it? Uh, you know what? I don't know exactly because I, I did count it out. I did think about this once before. Like that would be a cool thing. Like it's it's clearly the most. It's the it's like I think there might be six or seven with this last name. Oh, cool! That's neat. Ah. It's not a last name you're gonna you're gonna it's 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 a but it's there will be an asterisk when I when I tell you the name there will be an asterisk. Okay, and I, and I always have to say green light the color, and they're like, is that with an e? And I'm like, well, two. <laughs> it's not Johnson. It's not the Campbell. Kitty. It's not Campbell. King. It's not Campbell. No, I'm, I give it, there's some guesses. Johnson. Bob Bunkus is Johnson. He says Johnson. Nope. Hmm. Nadi King says King. Nope. Hmm. I'm stumped. All right, I'll give you the answer, but it it is with an asterisk. More, more. Okay. M O O R E. M O O R E. Because we have two more classmates that married each other, so uh, like two oh, sets of mores. So that's why I'm saying it's an asterisk, right? So I think there's six mores in our class. Because Donna was horn. Right, right. So so two of them kind of don't count, but anyway, but I, I did. One time I had to sort our class by last name. I was like, wow, there's a lot of, it. No. yeah, yeah. So anyway, All I'll right. come up with some other 91 trivia for, for future uh, old grad Yeah, podcasts. we should. So. Hey, well, Nancy, it's great to see you, my friend. Good to see you too. Good to see Bye. you. Okay. I'll Bye. And I'll join on the Facebook page. All right. Okay. All right Jamie, you should have told me, I should have, um, when I co-host these things, you got to remind me, I should be downstairs in the, Right with a crest behind me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be cool. Have the ninety-one crest behind you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, David. David is a fascinating story. Okay. Without question, I, he's fascinating I, I, anyway. Yeah, I. I know that up. dude. I know oh, that I dude. Could, we could tell stories some, about David. I got some if you time in the boat. Yeah. I got some time <laughs> in the boat with Dave Gaddich. Well, that's what I've come to appreciate, Holly. Is that a lot of people have David's stories. But hey, I just want you to know that David's one of those guys that I just knew at West Point by chance of just when he would walk by, he seemed to be the loudest uh, laughing guy when you would see him. But then I got to know him at a couple of the pseudo reunion tailgates that Holly and her family put together for us every October. So and I think Holly is this year, October 22nd. This is the next October one. 22nd. So, Hey, if uh, you're out there watching, you're wondering what you're going to do on October 22nd, we're going to yep. have our uh, annual little reunion there at the Fishburn uh, place right below. Yep. That dam. So I got to know David a little bit better that uh, at a reunion or two. But here in Philadelphia, here a couple months ago, we did the Founders Day, and David was there with his bride, Sally. And David invited me over to hang out with him in uh, the Harrisburg area where, where he lives. Unbelievable. Just an unbelievable guy doing unbelievable things in central Pennsylvania. He just got uh, elected the president of the Central uh, Pennsylvania uh, Society he's doing a lot to help his community he's involved with the american legion and i guess it's the fourth of june david that you're going to be doing that motorcycle ride to honor a couple of our uh, fallen friends but i say this because sometimes you meet someone and you remember them as a cadet doing you, you know the silly things that we all did getting then, drunk so years later and good lord they're all grown up doing adult things 
but really making an impact in their uh, community. So Dave, for me, just getting to know David has been phenomenal. And, uh, and again, this is just an example of how, how special we can be as a community. But David really didn't know me from Adam other than the time we spent together. And the next thing I know, I'm spending the night at his house. So just a phenomenal human being with cool motorcycles. Very cool. Dave, thank you for your leadership there at the, uh, in the Central Pennsylvania um, uh, AOG group. I think you, that also includes Carlisle. They've got the Carlisle folks in there. Well, that's, actually, Jamie, it is Carlisle Barracks. So there's a lot of uh, 91 grads that belong to that. We actually have 12 that are part of that, including Kenny Mintz, who went to the Philly Founders Day with Obi and I and, and Sally and Obi's wife, Ashley, and stuff. It was fun. It was a really good, good time. And then and then Obi and his wife came out and did our Founders Day two weeks later here in Carlisle. So, so yeah, I was just uh, I was just it, with Kenny two days a, ago. I saw the pictures. Um, yeah, uh, it's incredible. We got the we got the magnets up on the fridge of Kenny walks, and I got one on the back of the car. So now from uh, the Philadelphia Founders Day, uh, the the guy that got us all together was Chris Collins. And again, I didn't know Chris Collins, so being new, I was willing to plug into the society here in Philadelphia, not being new to the Philadelphia area. And um, so he invited us and we filled up the table. But Chris Collins, you talk about trivia. There is nobody else in our class that can beat him. All right. Chris Collins at our age, I'm going to say at our age has five kids under the age of seven. If anybody out there can beat that, let me know. But Chris Collins has, uh, has five kids under has the age of Has a full seven. life ahead of him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. It's going to keep him young. It's going to keep him young. So Yeah, or either that or accelerate his aging process. One of the two. Yeah. So, Ovi, like, so speaking of this, you know, kids and transition also. So you are an empty nester now. You've been an empty nester for a couple of years, right? So like yeah. you, you relocated, you went from Dallas to Philadelphia, you got this new mission working for the, uh, for, for, for this Bible company. How has that transition been for you? There must be like, like, how did you reroute into that community? That's like, it's kind of a theme. I think that a lot of our classmates are, are faced with right now. Yeah. Well, uh, the Army did a, a good thing for all of us, how to go into new communities and blend in and uh, learn the neighborhood and, uh, and get along with folks. For me, it's very easy because Ashley, my wife, she knows all of my neighbors. She's, uh, she's a great cook. She bakes for everybody. So she's giving cookies and cupcakes and all sorts of stuff away all the time. So we make uh, the moves quite quite uh, easily uh, you know when we got up to Canada we we did about the same thing uh, just getting to know people there and actually in the two years that we were there I walked away with some great Canadian friends but I want to say that it's it's been great for us um, I'm not going to say that I was looking forward to to coming here just because you know it's it's a little bit different than in the south um uh, and, and, you know, once you get into the groove of the South, it kind of, it's there. But uh, being up here now, it, this is what's funny, Jamie. 
we're in Dallas and my son goes to Georgia Tech in Atlanta. Uh, my daughter goes to Clemson in South Carolina. And my son gets a job with Walmart e-commerce um, in, in uh, and Alex Rogers has been phenomenal, by the way, helping my son out with a couple things, but with Walmart e-commerce in Hoboken, New Jersey, right across uh, the river from Manhattan. And at the time we were in Alabama and I, you know, okay, well, you're going back up there, Coleman to New Jersey, have fun, uh, come back and see me on Christmas and Thanksgiving kind of deal. So he's up here and then uh, we move up and that's fine because now he's an hour and a half away, which is a blessing for us. And my daughter at Clemson, she gets a job uh, with Vanguard, the financial uh, company that some of us know. Here's what's funny and wild about that is that we moved to suburb of Philadelphia, Malvern, Pennsylvania here. The, the headquarters for Vanguard is right here in Malvern. So within a year's time, Malvern has become the center of gravity for my family. Unbelievable. Wow. I mean, that's a God thing in my, in my opinion, but for whatever it's worth, it's, it's interesting that we're all here. And obviously it gets me closer to West Point and uh, to the Army-Navy game, and hanging out with uh, Holly and all her friends. Getting some season tickets and hanging out. That'd be great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. We'll be doing that. Is your wife working there too? Yeah. She, she just got a job uh, working and I'm, I'm really actually quite proud of her. Everywhere we went, Jamie, she was working at the local colleges and universities, you know, as the army moved us. And then when we settled into uh, the Dallas Fort Worth area, she settled into a college, a local college there. And now that we're up here, um, she's actually taken a job with a group called Kencrest. And what she is there, um, she's trying to get uh, jobs and uh, employers, if you will, to work with uh, special needs folks. And then at the same time, she's working with special needs folks to get them ready for jobs. Wow, that's phenomenal. Yeah, she does. I thought, I thought I was impressed by you with this Bible study thing, but forget it. She's way more impressive. Oh, I tell you what, she has a heart for this because she she's inviting hope into the lives of these folks, which is really cool. But uh, actually, I've been impressed with her, with Ashley, in the sense that when she goes to work with these employers and the employers say yes, I'll hire this person that has special needs. Ashley goes in there once a month with each one of these folks and works for about four hours with them. You know, the employers will tell Ashley, well, they need help here or there. And there's Ashley. She is wiping tables, cleaning bathrooms, uh, doing all of those things with those folks. I have walked away from Ashley here in the last uh, few weeks. Really impressed that she was willing to do that. Wow. It's not, it's not her area but uh, of expertise, of her experience, but she just has a heart for these folks. And she, she's really getting a lot out of it and helping. Really so how long, were, how long were you in the Army for? Oh, I was in for six years altogether. Okay, okay. And then I did a little reserve time. Right. 
but and you said you know. so you transitioned right into industry then you went right into a, right into a job right yes yeah, so right after um my last assignment was there in the dallas fort worth area and i had mm. plans to move over to the east coast where my family and her and my wife's family is but we just stayed in dallas we really liked it Mm -hmm. And I, uh, shortly after leaving the army, I went to work with the Hunt family in oil and gas. And uh, is that like a hunt as in like Huntsman Hunt or is it a different family? No, it's H.L. Hunt. So if you okay. read a little bit about Second World War, for instance, mm -hmm. it was H.L. Hunt and his oil company that helped uh, fuel a lot of the uh, army uh, and okay. the war effort. Actually, H.L. Hunt and Dwight Eisenhower became very good friends. And um, up to the last couple of weeks, H.L. Hunt had been uh, with Eisenhower uh, when he passed away. But at any rate, uh, the Hunt family, if, uh, if there are any Kansas City fans uh, out there, KC. Uh, Hunt was the owner of the Kansas City Chiefs, the winner of the American Conference in the NFL. They raised up the Lamar Hunt Trophy. Well, Caroline Hunt is Lamar Hunt's uh, sister, and she was my boss. So she gave me a chance to run the oil company in Venezuela and did that for, golly, about seven years or so. And then I, I took off from there when my dad got ill and went to work at McDonald's and uh, was a, uh, a regional uh, uh, director of operations for him. And then uh, Caroline Hunt, Rosewood Resources, they called me back to run a drilling company that they had just purchased. And, so, and we, we took that little sleepy company from drilling about 60, 65 wells a year to about one well a day on average. Wow. Speaking of KC, we should give a shout out to the KC I was just was driving across the country and I hooked up with a bunch of our classmates in Kansas City. It was awesome. Rob Dill um he he snapped he happened to snap a photo and put it in our f1 group chat and whatsapp that he was at this place called the red sash brewery yeah. in, in uh in kansas city so i said hey i'm coming to kansas city next week and then he said well let me rally the other kc people so it was epic we had like an awesome little 91 reunion this past week with all the folks from kansas city so it was me and it was rob dill it was um lisa uh davis uh buzz kirk davis we had um scotty pfeiffer we had brad woods we had uh, bob bennett and that's uh, awesome it was so great it just kind of came together like impromptu but one of the things that we talked about is like now that we're kind of on the other side of covid we got to make these things happen like like yeah it, it was just so great to have that thing happen like you know so quickly like that so well i told you jamie well at least i'm gonna i'm doing the tailgate in the fall but i think the spring of 24 will be like the, the midpoint between our five-year reunions. And um, so that's what I'm trying to plan. I just found, uh, looking at something, there's there's some old grad who does like event planning. So I'm going to try to link up with them and see if they will help plan the event. And so I'll put out the date. I figured, um, you know, that we probably need... I need time to plan it and then we'll need at least a year to put it out where people can put it on their calendars. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so I think it, spring of 2024 is that, is that two and a half year mark. That would be great. That would be great. Yep. It was, 
it was so much fun connecting with them and it was so easy, you know? And yeah, so easy. Yeah, and that's what this will be. It'll be easy. That's why, again, another plug, October 22nd. It's very easy if you want to come up to a football game, plan that weekend to come and get your tickets early. Apparently it's parents' weekend, so we'll have anyone who's got a parent or who's got a cadet. But uh, Mark and I already planned it and there's a sprint football game that night too. So if you want to come back, then it's a good weekend just to kind of come back and whoever comes back, We'll get to see each other it'll be fun so holly i was thinking about this this is your first academic year in probably six or seven years where you do not have somebody there as a cadet yeah like, yeah are you feel are you have like fomo are you feeling like 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 weird yeah. it's i i like don't know what's going on plus we're not on post so i don't um be, and if it was reversed where we were living off post and i was working on post and mark was was not i think i would still know what's going on but i i really do feel like i'm i'm not in the know it's first time i'm not in the know and i always ask mark i'm like what's going on he's like i don't know and i'm like uh, i would know so so yeah so i'm of course you would know but we, know, <laughs> we do know we do know that the soup is leaving right it hasn't yes well it hasn't been officially announced but it's it is uh it is I'm expecting it any day. So I do know that. And they've kind of, you know, everyone kind of knows who the next one's going to be. And that this one's leaving and he's going to set a uh, precedent because he's going out and getting a four star from what we understand and going to be taking over uh, USERA for General mm -hmm. Hobby. So I, I think like I've heard that there's is now down to like you know Steve Gillen from ninety or uh, Omar Jones from ninety two. I like, think it's Steve Gillen, and I can say it because I'm not even in the army, so I, I've got nothing to protect. So huh. everything that I hear, so I can say it now because no right. one can come after me. Is that General General Williams is leaving to take over Usra, and apparently they're putting Usra and Africom together. So he's taking over for General Cavoli, who just became the Supreme Allied Commander. Which imagine having that title in your on your resume, mm -hmm. um, and uh, then Steve Gilland is coming back. He's right now the deputy corps commander. He replaced Johnny Richardson, who was a deputy corps commander who went to first cav. And, um, and so he's going to be coming from, from the deputy corps commander at third corps up, back up here. So he, he's only been gone for, I think three years. And, mm -hmm. uh, Johnny was just up here. They brought up, uh, all of the division. Well, not all of them. Some of the division commanders came up here to talk to the lieutenants. So Johnny came over and had a beer with us. And he kind of, he, he said that, you know, that's what he's heard. But mm. I've heard everyone at West Point is talking that it's General Gilland. Interesting. Yeah. It's interesting how this whole thing, where I, I actually was, I was down in Nashville um, a couple of weeks ago and I saw a bunch of our classmates there too. I saw uh, Easy P. Godet and Elad Duran and Brian Melton. Uh, and uh, Jen, Jen um, Hankis, and um, we had dinner with J.P. McGee, who was the um, who's the division commander for the 101st. Yeah. So that was that was kind of cool to, to to talk to him, and just kind of like hear hear different perspectives, you know, over some yeah. wine and hanging out. And, and it's uh, kind of weird once they name a soup. I think it's it's a weird thing because guys like J.P. McGee, now he's out because. You know, their name is Steve Gillard, who's 90. So then it's kind of like, okay, it's five years for the next one. So there's all of these people who are like, oh, well, maybe I kind of thought I would be soup, but now there can't be soup. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Hey, so so Jamie, what uh, brought all those guys? Because Brian's from Houston and Pete is from New York. So they were just getting together to have. Yeah, we have this annual get together that happens kind of like sporadically. And they're they're part of this group. It's some army guys and some Navy guys. And I was down there, I happened to be, you know, I kind of planned the college trips around this too. So we went to Vanderbilt with my daughter, Claire. And uh, so it was a great time to all get together. So Elad's living in Tel Aviv. He came out, he was on on business, but he came out from Tel Aviv. It was good to see him. And uh, Easy Pete's good. And Brian Melton's good. Brian Melton's son, I think, is coming in in his next class, I think. Right, Yeah, he's going to be a sprint football player. Yeah, which is which is awesome. Awesome. Same with same with uh, Brett Peckis's son. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't get a chance to speak that much with uh, Jen, but she she was doing great, I think. And um, she's still out yeah. in California because she didn't come back to our reunion. Yeah, she's in California, uh, and um, I think she's got I think she's got boys. I think if if I remember right. So, um, but anyway, so Ovi, I skipped over something. I wanted to talk about this. You said that when you transitioned out of the army, and you went to a new job, transitioning was not a hard time but you had five union grievances on your first day in the new job. So, so, so tell me about that. What happened? So here you are some hard charging captain leaving the army heading into uh, the oil and gas industry. And you end up, uh, you end up, uh, I guess, rattling some cages or something, right? What, what happened? Uh, it was uh, silly. I think the uh, question was, was it an easy transition? It, it, it was uh, in a lot of ways, but to be silly. Uh, when you go into the union environment, so those of you who have worked in it, you know this to be one of those realities, that if you take away someone's job, quote unquote, by helping them out, they file a grievance against you. So uh, on my first day, I was just trying to uh, meet some folks and I was helping them out. I didn't know any better. That's what we did in the motor pool. And at the end of the day, my boss, a gentleman named Mark Kennedy, pulls me in and says, hey, I know you meant well, but you're, you must be the most hated guy here in the plant. Never seen this, but you have five uh, grievances. So it was okay. Uh, got through it. But uh, for, for my part, um, that lesson, though, helped me out uh, because I put myself on a list with Fort Sill and Fort Hood. And a lot of the guys that would come in uh, to visit with me, oh, I'm not sure what the number was. Guys I didn't even know that they weren't all West Pointers either. Um, Some guys that were younger, uh, a couple guys that were older. But what I would do is uh, have them come in for a day with me to to see how things got done in in the workplace to try and – moderate people's expectations uh, leaving the military. And then what I would do then with some of my friends from TCU, where I got my graduate degree, um, a guy was working at BP, a guy was working at uh, Burlington Northern Santa Fe. So I would have these guys go and spend a day with them also, just to, uh, just to give them a sense of what uh, our, our realities are outside of the military. And, uh, and it was, uh, it was very successful. And throughout the years, it's funny because guys come out and they're thinking, Hey, I just need a job, you know, like just getting orders cut. Well, here I am, but there's a whole lot more to it um, uh, than that. And and we all know 
that to be true. But uh, just trying to figure out exactly what it is that they want to do. And I, I developed a, a little technique that has been very helpful. So what I'll usually do is they'll say, hey, you know, uh, like, like we have a, a good mutual friend from the class of uh, 90, uh, a guy named Chip Elliott. And Chip Elliott called me up one day and he said, hey, you know, Holly told me to reach out to you. Uh, so I, I put him in touch, given his background, with uh, a guy that I knew, uh, Brian Morrell. And I told him, hey, look, I'm going to let you meet with Brian Morrell. And all I want you to do is just find out what he does and what he likes about his job. And then at the end of your meeting with him, just ask him for two more people that he would recommend that you meet with. And, um, and that goes on. I did it with Ch uh, Chip Elliott. I've done it with, I don't know how many people now, but that technique works well because then what I do with Brian Morrell is I tell him, hey, when you finish talking with Chip, he's going to ask you for two more people. So Brian, in advance, if you wouldn't mind, read his um, resume and see who else he may want to uh, visit with. But I can't tell you how many times folks go into that endeavor. And all it is is really a research project, if you will, and asking people what it is that they like. And you know, Jamie, everybody likes to tell you what their story, right? So it gives them an opportunity to discover what they want to do uh, and, and, uh, and, and focus their attention. And by the time it's all over, sometimes these guys are meeting uh, 14, 16, 18 people, and then they uh, get into a position. Uh, one of the guys that I enjoyed working with from our class is uh, a guy named uh, Norm Litterini that we all know. But Norm was just an incredible person. Actually, at this uh, last reunion that we had, we had a chance to circle up on that. And it was a lot of fun uh, just hearing what Norm is up to. And uh, I've actually gotten an invitation to go to some shindig that he hosts down there in the D.C. area. D.C., yeah. Norm runs something. It's about every other month. And I, I went to it yeah. two months ago down in D.C., yeah. the, the, the uh, 91 get-together. And, Holly, we should do this in New York. I mean, we, we, there's so many people in New York. We gotta well, I it. sent you that note, yeah. yeah. Didn't I send you the note? I, I sent it to Pete and, and Fitzy, and I got the list of people, and I just kind of said, oh, I got to. Yeah, we, we got it. Well, now that the weather's getting nice, we just got to find like an open air bar. We can just hang out, yeah. have some beers and just and just relax and have some fun. So I saw I saw I went to Norm's thing, I think probably a month and a half, two months ago. And it was great. I saw a bunch of our classmates and um, I was down there for some business and I met uh, Chuck Poche, my my company mate and a bunch and of Paul other the goes to it. Right. Yeah. Paul was there. And I don't think. Yeah. Paul was there. And also um, uh, Andy. Um, uh, I'm drawing a blank again. The guy from the cyber center who was in I one. Um, oh, Andy Hall. Andy Hall, yeah, and his wife were, were there. We got, got caught up too. So, yeah, the there's, there's a number of people. I, I remember walking Scotch into. That, I think I, I can't I remember. I remember walking to the Pentagon uh, a couple of years ago. You know, and I was walking through, and a, there was like one guy that came up to me. Now I can't even think of his name. He was our classmate, and I was like, oh my gosh! And then he ended up coming to the tailgate that year. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. So, Obi, um, maybe let's let's we got the here and now. We got the uh, you know what you're doing and kids and and all that kind of stuff. Let's turn back the hands of time a little bit. Let's talk about pre 1987. 
what made you tell me about growing up in a in an immigrant family you were not born in the u.s you you grew up your family came here you emigrated here tell me about that story of what brought you ultimately decide to come to west point and to serve our country yeah so uh thanks a whole lot because really what the message that i want to convey uh tonight to everyone uh and if i had a chance to speak with every single one of my classmates is to say uh, two things. Number one is that I appreciate you uh, a whole lot and I have come to respect you uh, so much more uh, as the years have passed. And uh, for me, it was an honor to go to West Point for what you just hinted at. But again, among us all, I am the least. And for me to, to do the variety of things that I've been able to do with a lot of our classmates, uh, especially in some of our classmates passing, it's, uh, it's been an incredible honor. So I will tell you that my uh, family came over to the United States when I was young and we got, uh, we got into becoming a part of this melting pot. And I was blessed because in the fourth grade, I was with a Sunday school teacher, Charlotte Weber. And she asked us what we wanted to do. I was, you know, learning English at that time. And I told her I wanted to be G.I. Joe. So, well, hold on a second. Did your family speak English, uh, speak, speak Spanish, only Spanish in the home? Oh, yes. Uh, and if you speak uh, with my mother, she speak like this, and she would tell you, uh, are we uh, taking his dinner? No, mom, mm -hmm. it's not taking dinner. It's having dinner. It's taking shower. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, Ovi is having chower. It's like, no, 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 mom. Yeah. Uh, so, so, yes, that's how I grew up uh, with, yes, yeah, so in the home. And, we had and where, where in the country were you growing up? Uh, in Lake, in Florida. In Florida, okay. Yeah, Lake There's Lake a big Florida. Cuban community in Florida, I think, right? So were you like living like among many other Cuban families? No, so Lakeland is right between Tampa and Orlando. It's in central Florida. So, where I grew up, there were not many Cubans. Uh, we did have a Cuban community there, uh, probably about 20, 30 families when I was living there, which isn't huge. And you were, you were born in Cuba, right? Yep. I was born in the province of Havana in a small town called Guanahai. And your family came here when you were an infant, right? Yep. Uh, well, I was three years old at the time. Do you have any memories at all of Cuba? Nope. Nope. No memories at all. But, uh, but back to your original point, uh, in the fourth grade, Charlotte Weber, she introduced me to the idea of, when I told her that I wanted to be G.I. Joe, she introduced me to the idea of West Point. Her At, husband in fourth had gone grade. to West Point. Okay. And her two sons had gone to West Point and her father-in-law had gone to West Point. And it just so happens that her son, Kurt Weber, he, when we were at Buckner, he was assigned to West Point and he became my sponsor. And I think Holly, you got to know him. Yep. Uh, and actually his son, Chris Weber, Chris, that's uh, what I was my ring bearer and just, just phenomenal how I got uh, pulled into it. And really, I didn't even know how to spell West Point at the time that she told me about West Point, but I went ahead and did it uh, in, in part because my father being Cuban, he was all American. And uh, just, just an absolute hero. And uh, so 
when we were in Eisenhower Hall and uh, they said, hey, make sure you're not doing this for your parents. I thought, well, of course I'm doing it for my parents because for them, for my dad in particular, it was a big, uh, it was a big deal. So there I am at West Point and again- Your parents, Ovi, your parents were not there in Eisenhower Hall, correct? No, they weren't. So for whatever it's worth, uh, for me, it was great to, to be there. That's what got me there, Jamie. And then uh, just this desire to, to serve the country. And because I always thought, even growing up, that we, my family, when I say we, we were enjoying something called freedom and liberty that no one in my family had earned. We had just been given airlift tickets from Cuba to Miami. And that was, that was all. Now, my dad uh, worked in a uh, work camp for three years, and that's how we earned our way out. But that's a whole other story. But I want to say that that's what brought me to West Point, and uh, it's been an honor. So as I sit around and I continue to meet a lot of my classmates, a lot of our friends, I'm just in absolute awe of who they are and what their families um, are. And if I missed anything at West Point that I regret, and I can honestly say that I regret is that I missed the opportunity when I was there to develop deeper, more meaningful relationships with just phenomenal people. Well, here's the uh, follow on to that, right? Because we still get to connect with each other. We still got another 50 years of life. I mean, we still got this amazing set of connections. You know, Obi, I didn't know you that well at West Point. I don't think I knew you really at all at West Point, right? So here you and I are bullshitting and having a couple of drinks. We got to hang out together at these tailgates. We got, we got miles to go, miles to go before we sleep, you know, miles to go. Yeah. Um, it, it, by the way, speaking of miles to go, I should tell you, you made me think about something like this whole concept of these West Point families. It makes me think of the West family. You know, you got like these multi-generational families. It sounds like that family that, that uh, first talked to you about West Point in uh, Sunday school was like this multi-generational family, you know, and uh, we're going to talk about, Holly's dad and Holly's mom, because they're so great to talk about. And there's so much fun. And the whole West, the whole West family, the whole West Fishburne family. But before we get on that, speaking of miles ago, I walked with Kenny Mintz just two days ago. And we had a great, great time. We're just hanging out, laughing, talking. We walked, I walked about 12 miles with him of his 19 and he did that day. And then we had dinner that night. And it was so much fun hanging out with him. But we were remembering some of these old stories. And he had this German professor. Uh, who is a professor, you know, he was like, he's, we, we have to talk about foreign languages. And his German professor had a name for Kenny, which in German, I'm not sure how it translates. It was dog face. I'm gonna call you dog face, right? <laughs> so, so this guy, Captain so-and-so is like calling him cadet dog face, like the entire time in, at, 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 in his class, you know? So then fast forward like 15, 20 years later, right? is the last name of that professor he sees on one of his new, brand new young lieutenants coming into his battalion. He's the battalion commander. So he's talking to his young lieutenant. He's like, let me ask you a question. Did your dad, was he an officer? Yes, sir, he was an officer. Um, did he teach at West Point by chance? And he's like, uh, yes, sir, he did. Did he teach in the German department? He's like, yes, sir, he did. He goes, would you tell your old man that your battalion commander is Lieutenant Colonel Dogface. <laughs> that was, he was, he was laughing so hard telling that story. 
so funny. <laughs> so that was another another great West Point family, but maybe you know not not as maybe not as quite as inspirational, but uh, pretty funny. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, Kenny's a great guy. And I've got to tell you, they're just phenomenal people that I've gotten to meet uh, that have just incredible stories. I've reconnected with Jim Rockwall, The Rock, just phenomenal American. John Cook, John Cook is just great. We were at the prep school together, but John. Oh, you were a prepster? Oh, oh, heavens yes. Wow. Yeah, proud of that too. Good for you. Yeah, I, I got a chance to meet it up, to meet up and mix it up with Mike Aldair. He and I were roommates on uh, in room 203, if I'm not mistaken. Aldinger, I think, is the ultimate corrupting influence. I, think. <laughs> I was young and innocent before I, I met I, I, have, I have to believe he had you, you know, doing all kinds of things that an 18 year old shouldn't be doing, probably. Uh, no, Mike Aldinger taught me how to, how to be an adult in the real world. Yeah, nice, nice. And you probably had John Abercrombie right up the hallway. Johnny, yeah, Johnny. Uh, actually, he was right across the uh, right across the hall from me. Because you were yeah. what, what, you were probably in Alpha Company, right? Which was like all the A's, B's, C's. All the A, yep. That's right. I sure was. You did Baxter too, right? Bax. Yep. Oh, the Baxter. Yeah, that's so again. If he's on, you owe me a visit, Dave. He was in Huntsville at the same time, but he got too busy doing work. Never came he's, over to the house. He's still in the yeah. army. He's the alpha and the omega of our company. First yes. one in, last one out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dave Baxter, good people. Yeah. And uh, then we had Mike Ash. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, and, and those were the guys that were right around me. But even guys that didn't make it into West Point, like uh, Phil Abdu. So those of you that are prepsters, you probably remember Phil Abdu. Phil, he became a SWAT guy in Detroit. And as he would tell me that he would have more combat time than uh, any army guy. But he would be a great, happened. yeah. He'd be a great person having this podcast, I think. I want to try to have like some some of our law enforcement uh, uh, classmates on. He would be awesome. Hey, now, if you want to have a classmate that's impressive in law enforcement, in my opinion, Brian Turner. Brian Turner. Oh, yeah, BT. For sure. And also Alex Purcelli. He's another one that I want to, he just retired from uh, New York City, um, you know, doing, um, doing all kinds of stuff with um, terrorist, terrorist threats. Yeah, but BT. You know who else, Jamie? I just had coffee with uh, Karen Walsh. Yeah. And she's like the head of, head of security for uh, Twitter right down in New York City. I mean, she's doing like cool stuff. She was telling me, I'm like, Karen, what are you doing? She goes, well, if there's like a situation happening in Ethiopia that we have to go in and set up the security for our Ethiopian office and tell them what to do. And because she just retired from the FBI, I mean, she's got like a really cool job. You know, I think BT might be too public for us to have on yeah. until he retires. Like, like, like all these general officers and stuff, like you want to have them on, but you also know that like yeah. everything they say is, is getting tracked, you know? So yeah. well, speaking of people getting tracked, you know, how about Gail Curley? You see what she's doing? How about that? Oh, I know. Oh my gosh. Gail That's Curley. Crazy. Gail Curley is in charge of the Supreme Court. I don't know what she's like. The grand Marshal. Yeah. But she has, she'd already been working in security yeah. for the Supreme Court. She's an attorney and she's in charge of basically trying to figure out the leak on the whole 
Alito memo for Roe v. Wade. So that's going to be epic. Class of yeah. one in, in a cool spot for sure. Yeah. She's another one I'd love to get on, but at some point in the future. So I was talking to Lisa Buzzkirk because we we're going through the ladies in, in her company and Gail Curley was one of the ladies in her company and you know, the, 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 you know, who rooms with whom. And, and she always said like, Gail was just such an awesome, awesome teammate to have out there. Company B1. So. Oh yeah. I did B barracks with her. She was a B squad leader at the same time. I was a B squad. I was a B2. She was B1. So, yeah, so yeah, you guys, did, what, Ovi, what's up? Yeah. Hey, pardon the interruption. 50 plus year old Ovi is going to take a break for two minutes because I consume this. So mm -hmm. I'm going to take a, a two-minute break, and I'll be right back. I, I right. feel you, man. I feel you. I know. I know. I know the. I know the drill. All right, Ron. I, I, I think, find myself uh, getting up every night in the middle of the night. That's that's just just what happens. You turn over, over fifty years old. You can't. can't I know. Your, can't can't handle your liquids anymore. I think Jamie, um, and I'm almost positive. I was just looking it up. I think Da Sims changes out of command this week. This week. Well, congratulations. So. First ID. At the first ID, and I think he is, um, I think he's going, I'm pretty sure it's this week, maybe it's next week, but he's going, um, going to be the, the, J, the J3. Right. He's going to work with General Milley, right? Yeah. So he's His very like first assignment is going to be talking to General Milley about trimming those eyebrows, right? The eyebrows yeah, are just he, a little too like, thick. He's the operations officer for the world. Yeah. Operations officer should say, hey, sir, you're going to have a lot of public appearances. And uh, we can't have those uh, massive eyebrows. You got to do something. Got to do something about that. Trim those babies back. Yep. So, Jamie, while we're waiting, we can say a little bit. Our class kind of moved up when we started on the on the challenge. At one point, we're going to put our put our uh, big girl, big boy pants on, and we're going to win this damn thing. But at least when we started off, we were like forty second. I think we ended up like twentieth. Challenge closes tonight at midnight. I have to say, I've kind of, I really was not very present in that. I was traveling this and whole that's week. That's fine. You yeah, can't yeah, be. But no, I it like didn't. I no, more. it closed on the fifth. I thought it closed tonight. No, oh, I'm pretty sure it closed on the fifth because they've already said the final leaderboards and everything. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but anyway, we moved up. We were like 42nd, and we kind of moved up, so we we were respectable at least. Although 89, 90, 92, 93. 94 all beat us um, but in reality though we all just stepped up big time for our 30-year reunion gift that's so true that's it true it kind of makes sense i like i was speaking to the folks at aog they wanted me to do a video i said i would try to do it which i didn't but i was like look we just we just ponied up big time i, I just feel like it's just the timing for our class is not is not optimal yeah like we'll, we'll get after it at another future event but maybe maybe this one is one where we can kind of you know, respectfully take a step back and be like, all right, we did enough. We, we did a lot, you know? Agreed. That's why yeah. I said, I think I, we moved up. I sent a bunch of text messages. So if those guys, anyone who got my text message or responded to my Facebook post, I appreciate it because um, yeah. we did move up. So I just got back. I was traveling. I, I am still traveling this week. I'm going to Chicago this week, but I've been traveling like, like crazy the last couple of weeks been on the road for a lot. So I've had a lot of chances to listen to the radio and I've been listening to the podcast. We have three other classmates besides me that have podcasts, by the way. And, and, and I should mention too, this podcast has now reached a new level of downloads where I'm starting to get solicited from people that want to advertise on this. And um, they help us to sort of get out to a larger audience. Wow. But I'm like, listen, I don't, my audience is like class of 91. 
I like, I have a very discreet, I don't want to get any further than that. And, you know, if you want to give us money to put some ad on, I don't know if we'll, we'll do that or not. I doubt it. Um, but anyway, it was, it was cool that we hit, I think we hit like 10,000 downloads or something of this, of this podcast to hit us to, to get us into, into that new level. But I was listening, our classmate, Becky Margiata, uh, Becky Canis Margiata has a podcast and it's, she's phenomenal. I love her. And um, she was reflecting with, she has on a podcast, which I think she gave me permission to repost it. She uh, interviewed our classmate, um, um, uh, Holly Sika Schwartz. Is that, is that right? Holly, is, is that her first name? Holly? No, Silka Schwartz. Okay. Her, 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 uh, her roommate who was actually oh no that's Holly Craig Holly Holly Holly, Silk, Holly Craig Silkman okay okay Holly Craig so I got this wrong I, I should I should have been more prepared but she she basically interviewed her class our classmate which was awesome she has a bunch of um other uh people that she's interviewed like Colonel Jay Parker who was one of our professors she interviewed yeah. Mimi um Finch. Finch who was her uh tack yeah. and um in one of them, she made she made the comment that B2, when they used to do the right face, would yell Niedermeyer at at uh, at A2 when they did the right Absolutely. face. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we did. We used to walk through the B Navy tunnel and say it. Remember really? when we would go, when we would march back from Eisenhower Hall and every time our left foot hit, instead of saying beat Navy, we would hit Niedermeyers because <laughs> we always knew that they were going to be right behind us or right before us. Well, her podcast is called Unleashing Social Change, and she interviews a bunch of these social change makers, and it's phenomenal. She's great, and I highly recommend it. The other one that I listened to recently was Lori Ryder, uh, who has a podcast called She's a 10 Times Five. Did you listen to the one where she interviewed the flight attendant? No, I didn't. Oh, I my haven't. God. I was actually running when I was listening to it. And I had to stop because I was laughing so hard. Listening, Like, Lori has this way, just, you know, like, we're where she's going with this thing, she's always like sort of one step ahead of the guests and like thinking of like the most interesting thing that they could talk about. But she asked this flight attendant about, um, she's asking the flight attendant about service animals. Like, what do you think about service animals? When people come on with like, you know, a bullshit service dog or service cat or whatever, you know that they don't need it. And she said that she had somebody come on with a service kangaroo. There was a kangaroo that was a service animal. And she said that, the pouch, the pouch of the of the kangaroo, it smells so terrible. Like you have no idea. Oh. Like it's, it, and uh, I was just laughing so hard as as she was just asking her about about these kind of various different antics. She's great. And then the other one is uh, Clay Lowe. He's got a podcast. It's like a coaching podcast. Um, and so you look up. He's got like three or four podcasts. You look up his name. You can find a bunch of podcasts. So. Very cool. You know, Anthony Noto's got one now too. That's right. That's number. That's number four. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, so, Ovi, all set? Got the old? Uh, yeah, like, I've got uh, the fifty-year-old problem solved. Yeah, I think we all got that going on now. You know, it happens. It happens. Yeah. So, so you know, going back in time again. So, tell me about your first first day at West Point. Like, what was that like? Oh, my first day at West Point was an absolute blast. I have one clear, crisp memory. Everything else is a blur. My squad leader was a guy named uh, Hinkle. Al Hinkle, is that right, uh, Holly? 
Yep, that was his name. Al Hinkle came in because, you know, I'm a prepster and we got our stuff going and I folded my stuff just perfectly, you know, and I was that that blue book. I don't know if y'all remember that blue book that told us how to fold crap and how to put stuff in. So I was a prepster, so I was fine. And Hinkle came in because he too was a prepster prior service. And he about knocked the door over and scared the hell out of me. But at any rate, he came in, he told me I was a selfish, egocentric uh, person and that I didn't care about anybody else. So he said, you better go find the rest of your classmates and help them out. So I took off from my room. I didn't know what the hell was happening. And I went into a room and it, Holly, was it? Uh, I don't remember who else was your roommate. If it was No Tammy. one else was in there at the time. Tammy Zalewski was my roommate, but no one else was in there at the time. Well, no, I ran yeah. right into Holly's room. And the next thing I remember was Holly just standing at attention, saluting me. <laughs> and I thought, isn't this awesome? This is my first salute, my classmates saluting me. So at any rate, I went in there and I asked Holly, hey, how you doing? No, I'm your classmate, whatever. And uh, Holly, I think it went something like uh, this, like, okay, Holly, so uh, tell me about Holly and where are you, Holly? <laughs> no, I think I said, from where are you coming, Holly? And Holly said, uh, I'm coming from Highland Falls. I was like, yeah, yeah. I know that's probably where you spent the night, but like, from where are you? From Highland Falls. Like, you're, you're from Highland Falls. So at any rate, that was the beginning of a great friendship with Holly. Uh, but that well, was I remember, Ovi, what I remember was the squad leader had come in my room and said, put all of the do this, do this, and put all your TA-50 up in the overhead, and get a, you know, he's like saying all this stuff and acronyms, and I had no idea what he said, and so then all of a sudden when Ovi came in the room, he was just like, hey, how can I help, and I'm like, what's the hell, what is the, the 50, whatever, I said, it's supposed to go up, and well, Ovi's like, oh, that's all the stuff that's green, and I'm like, okay, and so we put all that stuff up in the overhead, and, and then, yeah. But here, here is a little tidbit that I, I, I kept in the back of my mind because our day is a traumatic experience for anyone. Now, you have to appreciate that Holly, having grown up in Highland Falls and being a part of uh, the West Point community because her dad was working at AOG. Holly, if I'm not mistaken, you did a couple of those. Uh, you, you volunteered as a high school kid to come and do the pre-things. So again, Holly had been down this road before. Oh, so you did the pre-R day thing? You got to practice R day? Not, not for, I did it. I had done it once and I did not our year. I didn't do it our year. I did it the year before, but I will say I fainted the year before. I didn't drink enough water and I passed out. And so then I, I, when I went home and told my mom, and then of course, a year later, I was going to West Point. My mom's like, oh my God, you're going to drink your, don't pass out. I'm like, okay, I'll try not to. <laughs> So, so Holly was probably, uh, of all the classmates, all of our classmates, she was probably one of the best prepared classmates. At least she had a clue what was going to happen. The step to the yep. line, drop the bag bull crap that we went through. But it's still, it was still pretty uh, intense. But I will tell you, that was, my, that, that was my best memory. And I can't tell you how many times Holly and I, we'd have a beer and we'd talk about that uh, a good bit. So at any rate, that was my that was my best experience. And of course, 
for those of us, uh, if, if we went to the movies the year before, we saw Top Gun, right? And a lot of us thought, oh yeah, I'm gonna be an officer, I'm gonna be a Billy Bad Butt and all that good stuff. I don't know if y'all remember, but on the morning that we woke up on July 2nd, the first song that was playing over the PA system was the Top Gun theme. And I remember standing at the wall, getting my butt chewed out by a guy named uh, Young. He, he was the other squad leader, right, Holly? Mm -hmm. Young was chewing us apart. And I had this uh, roommate, Alex Falzone. And it, it all started. And in the background, all I could hear was that Top Gun theme going on. I just thought, Top Gun could kiss my ass. Because I was not feeling it that day. Did Falzone graduate with us? I don't recognize that name as one of our classmates. No, no, he oh, didn't. Oh, no. <laughs> Here's a funny story, JB. I'll, I'll kind of share this and Obi will laugh. So we used to talk through, Obi's room was right next to mine during Beast. And we figured out that we could talk in, if you opened up the mirrors, there was like a little slot in our mirror and a little slot in their mirror. And we could kind of like peek through and would be like, hey, you know, would kind of knock so that we didn't have to go out in the hallway. And so we could hear there was one day, it was like two and a half weeks into Beast or something. And all of a sudden you could hear something going on in the room next door. And it was Scott Covita and Ovi and Alex Falzone. And Alex was this dude from Jersey and just kind of your typical... Guy. Your typical, typical Jersey guy. Yes, yes, very much so. Um, you know, kind of had the hair, you know, the hair, the attitude, the accent, everything you want to, bada bing, bada boom. And he, um, I guess he had come in the room, he had just gotten yelled at pretty, pretty badly. And he came in the room and he picked up his hat and he threw it across the room because he was so bad. Oh, was so mad. Well, he ended up hitting the edge dressing bottle, not the one that had the foam on it, but the bottle. And so all of that stuff, it broke and it went all over their room. And oh. so we could hear Ovi and Scott beating the shit out of him. And, and they were just, and so we were like, is everything okay? Is everything okay? And I think finally, like we went out in the room and went into their room because we were kind of scared. We didn't know what was going on. And they were like, Alex just did this and Alex like I mean he was like all black because they had been rubbing him in it because they were so mad because like Sammy was the next day <laughs> mm. hey Alex Falzone was that guy that you heard an upperclassman say hey so-and-so who's your roommate Scott Kabit and I our our uh cadet basic training was 50 million times worse than it could have been because of that guy. And I remember him at the very beginning and we were telling him, no, hey, just hang in there. We'll make it, you know, we'll, we'll help you. On that day that we could quit if we wanted. I don't know if you remember that certain day. I think it was six weeks into it. I woke Alex up and I I literally grabbed his uh, PT shirt, I drug him up, and I put him on his butt. I was like, Alex, today is a damn day that you're leaving. <laughs> and I took that guy up to that psychology thing of there by Boodlers, if y'all remember that, or this, I took his happy ass up there because I thought either he quits or someone's going to die. 
But that <laughs> guy could, oh my gosh, he was the biggest nightmare of a guy. And sure enough, he ended up leaving us. So exactly. on the last day, if I remember correctly, someone asked, uh, you know, uh, what, when we had to pre, uh, report all president accounted for, someone said, I think it was Gruber that said, all president accounted for, except for cadet foul zone. I, I forget who that was. It was funny as hell. But yeah. It was, he actually left like at three weeks. That, the three weeks was the time that we could leave. Is that it? Yeah, and he left. He left. I mean, he was talking about it the entire time. I mean, you know, he knew he wanted to leave, and so as this, soon as that day, it, somebody suggested to me recently that I should try to have a guest on who left our class. So that would be an interesting like podcast with somebody. So, I not so much like three weeks in, but maybe like you know one or two years in would be a fascinating sort of an another experience that we don't know that much about. Would be to have somebody like that on. Yeah, but, or you know who you should have on, Jamie, is uh, Keener Gill. Yeah, Keener, well, Keener left and then, I mean, he had a weird situation, but he, he left at the end of our yearling year and he ended up going ROTC Marines at Vanderbilt and, you know, crushing it. And then with USAA and has, you know, been doing great, it goes to the Army Navy game every year and sees Mike Aldinger and all yeah. those guys. He would be super. Well, Keener, I knew Keener well. I, I knew Keener very well. And then another, another one I actually just connected with just this week was our classmate, Doug Peters, who left. He was from yep. A2. And yeah. he went into the army. He went to Michigan State, ROTC, served uh, more than a minimum years. He's maybe served eight to 10 years. And so uh, he was happy to reconnect and now also listening to our podcast. So yeah. there are a bunch of them out there that, you know, many of them went into the army. And there's another one, I think, on yeah. our class page here, too, that. Um, so uh, that's well, you know what? We have enough other classmates, though, that I want to get yeah. to before we get to get yeah. to all of them. So, hey, well, I will suggest this one guy. Uh, I don't know if you know him, Jamie, Mike Ellis. No, Mike Ellis. Um, he was my ranger buddy, and that's how I got to know him. He went to FA and we uh, did the rip together, and then we were at ranger school together, and we were actually ranger buddies. He was an English major at West Point, and then he became a doctor. He went to uh, Seattle or uh, oh, Fort Lewis out there, and then he went to medical school. And he's actually the chief medical officer at Toledo, University of Toledo. Oh, he's, he's our classmate, though. He's a guy. But he's our, he's, he graduated with us. He's our classmate. Yes, he did. Yeah, he's also been he's also awarded the Silver Star. Uh, Mike Ellis? Yeah, I believe so. Oh, yeah. I believe so. For for so the, um, Sam Gingst uh, recommended him to me as well. He'd be somebody yeah. that I would. Yeah, Mike Ellis. Mike Ellis is one of those classmates that you. I mean, I didn't know him too well, but he and I we got to know each other at Ranger School. Uh, we were Ranger buddies. But man, I'm telling you, what a great human being! And he got appointed to that Chief Medical Officer at University of Toledo. If I'm not mistaken. Yes. Just as this COVID stuff is going off, I bet he could tell you a story or two of. Uh, oh, for sure. Was going for sure. On. Like Brad Woods too. Brad Woods was. Yeah, Brad know, Woods. Is I had I had him on, and he had a lot of uh, COVID stories. But yeah. Uh, so so Obi, when did you go to Ranger School? What or was it? Um, in '92. Yeah, right after uh, we we did that um, officer basic in FA that RIP thing that they called it. And mm -hmm. then we went right into it after a couple of weeks of break. Um, Did you go straight through? What's that? Did you go straight through? 
Did you yeah, go? yeah, went straight through. Mike and I, we went straight through. Uh, I remember the best advice that I was given. Um, uh, it was Ralph Paredes that gave me my, my haircut on the day before we reported in. But Craig Whiteside, who was in B2, uh, I was talking to him and I asked him, hey, so Craig, what's the best advice? And, and you know, everybody gave silly advice like, oh, I'll get waterproof uh, paper and all this. Craig said, hey, look, the best advice I can give you is the day that you feel like shit, just stand up, look around and realize that everybody else feels like shit too. They probably feel worse than you do. So just get your ass up and keep putting one foot in front of the other. That's the best advice that Craig Whiteside ever could have given to me. And actually, that's advice that I've taken since Ranger School. But there are days that are not as good as other days. And I always think to myself, just keep putting one foot in front of the other and you'll be fine. Every day that is raining and cold out, I think to myself, it's a great day to not be in Ranger School right now because... <laughs> Well, you know, every time I see a full moon, I think of Ranger School and, and Ashley, my wife, will, will sometimes look at a full moon and she'll say, there's some happy Muldoons out there. But I don't know if y'all use that term Muldoons, but we did at Ranger School. And man, I tell you, a full moon made all the difference in the world. So, so Ovi, tell, tell me more about, so when you... Did you have siblings growing up that came to the country with you, or were you like a like a single uh, child at the time? A single? No, uh, I had two. Uh, I have two older sisters, Torelli and Yamara. And interestingly enough, they uh, uh, obviously they grew up and they fell in love with guys. Uh, and they both both of those two guys, we played football together, and we both became Presbyterian ministers. So my two sisters are minister wives. One's in San Francisco area and one's in uh, Greensboro, North Carolina area. So when your family emigrated here, it was, you were the youngest then, I guess, of three. They, you guys all came over here, right? And yep, I was a baby. So where did they, did they go to college? <clears throat> yeah, so they, uh, they all went to college. Um, uh, Torelli and Yamara, they took uh, community college and then they went on to the University of Florida. And for my family, it was very interesting because my mother lost all three in the same year. So I went off to West Point, uh, to the prep school on uh, the 25th of July. My sister got married um, a couple weeks before that. And my second sister, she got married in December. So within six months, my mom lost all of her kids, which- Instant uh, empty nest, huh? That must've been like a, like a, just a bizarre situation for them. Yeah, it was pretty bizarre, but- you know what? Um, my, my parents are, uh, uh, they, they were pretty tough people. It's uh, interesting when uh, folks like them come over. My dad, he had gone to the University of Vanna and my mom uh, the same. She had gotten her degree and my dad got his degrees. But when they came over to the country, I, you know, my dad was laying sod for the first so many years. And one of his old college buddies had asked him um, if he wanted to develop some orange groves at the time in Central Florida. So my uh, dad took a, a step of faith, if you will, in that direction. And that's how we ended up in Lakeland. We were developing orange groves. And my dad got into house building and, and that sort of stuff. And that's what landed us in Lakeland. Um, and, you know, from Lakeland, 
we had Dave Filer. I don't know if you recall him. He's one of our classmates. He's from Lakeland. Uh, there was another uh, guy named Pat Brundage. He was from Lakeland. He was a year younger than me. And uh, we had Kevin Hutchison, who was class of 90. Mm-hmm. You know, we went to high school together. He was in D1. I forget where Pat Brundage was uh, in, in the core, but uh, Lakeland had a, had a pretty good run of uh, folks that went to, to the military. I sense that your, your parents were huge influences in your life. Were, oh, were, yeah. they, were they there with you the day that you, they dropped you off at West Point, or did you come up with the prep school so you, it wasn't that big of a deal? Yeah, uh, for me, uh, the 25th of July, 1986 was the big day because that was a Friday, and that's when I left with my dad. And we landed in Philadelphia and he took me to Fort Dix where we were doing the prep school thing. So uh, my dad, uh, you, you know, he, he, he was with me up, uh, up through that uh, point. But, but, you know, it's really funny because when you come to this country and, and you realize you, you get, I mean, you don't have anything, absolutely nothing. Um, you realize that it's it's yeah. what you build with your own family. So he and my mom uh, gutted out. My mom uh, worked at a factory, really, so that we could have medical insurance. So she worked in a factory through my high school years. And although my dad did really well, she she stayed with it again just because she got used to it, and uh, uh, it, it always provided coverage. Because, you, you know, in the home building and home development uh, business, it's up and down. And my dad lost everything in the mid-80s, you know, when uh, the whole, uh, when Reagan came into office and he was rebuilding after Jimmy Carter and the economy went uh, kaputs in 81, 82, thereabouts. So at any rate, uh, we, we saw some, some hard bottoms. And uh, I remember in the 70s, uh, lentil soup and split pea soup and bread well that's that's what we ate growing up and i remember the first time i went to mcdonald's i thought i had died and gone to heaven (laughs) and uh and the very first thanks american thanksgiving meal that i ever had was with my wife ashley and her family and uh, um and that was pretty special still to this day the fact that i had my first american thanksgiving meal with the young lady that would become my, my wife, but yeah, it, it was a it was a bit of a struggle. But for for my father, I'm telling you, uh, my father believed in America. I mean, his my biggest days were Saturdays, believe it or not, Jamie, and that's when I would go and work with my dad. And my dad, my dad developed an interesting little something with where we would always stop by McDonald's on our way home after work. And that was, to me, that was pay. And we would sit down and we would have a Coke and a fried apple pie, if you remember those. And my dad was really cool because he he would just sit there and ask me, hey, so tell me what's going on. And as a little kid, I would tell him everything that was going on. He seemed very interested in the silliness that I was telling him. And after all that happened, and he would just hear me out, he would always stand up and he would look around McDonald's 
And he would say, this is America. And this is from the time that I was, that I can remember when we got to Lakeland, I was four years old, four years old until the day that I graduated from high school. We would have Saturdays and that's, that was our ritual. That was my special moment with my dad after working, you know, wherever he dropped me off to do whatever. He would always pick me up and his thing was always kind of silly. Just don't tell your mom we did this because uh, we would have uh, ruined the meal. But his thing was always he would stand up and say, this is America. Coca-Cola, fried apple pie at McDonald's. To him, that was America. I have a feeling it was a lot more than just that, though, for him. You know, I mean, I think that that was like, that was probably him getting to explain it to his little kid, but he probably really um, embraced much more than just McDonald's, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah no, no doubt. He, uh, I can only imagine how proud he must have been of you. Well, he, he was pretty cool. Actually, I had a really good conversation, and, and this is just a bit of the Cuban community and, and, and so many others that come to this country, so it's just not Cubans but so many people that come to this country and they're so appreciative for what they have. There was a representative in North Florida and his name was Boyd, B-O-Y-D. And Ashley's cousin married his nephew. And uh, so for whatever it's worth, we're at the wedding and we're seated next to each other and representative boy, they called them uh, Blue Dog Democrats back in the day. Great guy. And we're introducing ourselves. And he asked me, hey, tell me a little bit about your story. And somewhere along the way, he said to me, you know, that's a problem with you Cubans. You guys think you're more Americans than Americans. And I took that as a, as a great plug, because truly, for us coming to this country, it was, it was all about being American and Americanizing. And although we had to speak Spanish at the house, I thank God for that. I think I can speak Spanish very well to this day because of that. But my father was always about become as American as you can. Do everything you can because America is the best that this world has ever seen. So that's how I grew up, Jamie thinking and believing that America was great. So now in retrospect, as I said earlier in the podcast, you know, when I think about uh, the folks with whom I have worked and the folks with whom I was hanging out, folks like you, it, 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 it just, it, it's an honor and a privilege for me. And then when you get into folks like uh, Holly and her family, and Holly, forgive me for uh, picking you out and, uh, uh, highlighting this, but something about a lot of our classmates and a lot of people who are in this country, if they haven't served, their uncles or aunts or grandparents had served, and that's why America is great. Well, Holly's family is all American, and I, Holly's parents welcomed us in, in I mean, they were just unbelievable to us as cadets. And as I got to know this very humble family, 
I came to appreciate so much of what I loved about America. Her father, phenomenal story. How he didn't get a Medal of Honor, I don't know, but he has a great, a great story of how he was at an apex of the big attack uh, that the Viet Cong launched against his uh, position. And his unit got separated um, in that because he was the apex of the uh, thrust of the attack. And he and uh, Pat uh, Fishburn, Holly's mother, they would exchange recordings. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure, Holly, if they were cadet uh, cassettes back in the day. Yeah, it was, it was this weird contraption, yeah. Yeah, but the effect of that battle was so great that the timing was, it was in early January, I think, Holly, that he did the recording, but he was speaking as if he was back in October, you, you know, relaying something either about a birthday or an anniversary. Yeah. It, it was, it, to hear the story, it reminds you of the tremendous sacrifices that Americans have made all around the world for the sake of democracy and freedom. And although uh, history, you know, contemporary history tends to confuse some of the facts, and although politics are a part of the equation, you get to the heart of someone like Guppy Fishburne, and you realize, my God, this is what made America great. And then you get to know his family. So Marsha, she's a phenomenal individual. She's coaching soccer at William and Mary. Holly goes to, to West Point and then EG, her, uh, Holly's brother goes to West Point. And then Marsha, who I just mentioned, her two kids, two of her three kids go to West Point and they graduate. One's a rotor head and one's a, uh, a ranger. Um, and then we have Holly and her family where two of her kids have already graduated. Uh, we're hopeful that Kyle. This isn't supposed to be about me, Ovi. This is this is your podcast. Yeah, this no, is your podcast. Yeah, but seriously, yeah, this, these are the people, Jamie, that make America great, and these are our classmates. You walk by them, you meet them, and you just don't realize how much depth and richness there is. Well, we are very blessed. There's no doubt. We are very blessed to have so many heroes among us. You know, and it it's. Uh, it's fascinating to, you know, to, to, uh, to think about the fact that we have so many people in so many different places, you know, people still serving in the army, people serving in corporate America, people serving, you know, in, in government and in private sector. It's, it's, uh, it's good stuff. Awesome stuff. And Jamie, here's your plug for, for bringing it all out. Cause I love listening to the podcast because you, you just learn about, so much that you didn't know and it makes you appreciate all of us so that's here's a big shout out to you for doing it yeah it's you know it's kind of an accidental discovery right it's kind of a labor of love started with our class gift and um you know get to keep doing it here for for as long as it keeps being fun um and yeah. so we'll definitely keep doing it. i i think you know i may i was talking to kenny about this while we're walking i'm not quite sure where this body of work ends up but it may end up in a book someday you know, it's about our class, um, you know, some kind of a memoir of what everybody has been doing and what everybody does. But there's this common link of appreciation of each other, service to country, um, and, you know, basically living 
living our li- our best lives, you know? And, and the fact is at this point, you know, where we are, so many of us are at this point where we're, you know, we got kids that are moving onward and upward. They're not as, in, in, the op tempo has slowed down in terms of caring for them. We have a lot more things that we can be doing. We're young, we're healthy, got great things to do. So that's what's exciting about this time in our lives, I think. You know, we got a classmate walking across the country, 600 miles. Yeah, that's I think so he awesome. Crossed, I think he finished 600 miles uh, today, probably. So I know uh, we're trying to hook up with him some point. Mark and I are looking at our calendars. We'd like to fly out and just walk with him a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of fun doing it. Although I'll tell you, some of the roads he's walking on, they are not pedestrian friendly. You know, I think that uh, Kenny's already got this. I think he's, you know, one of the results of having been downrange, you know, in, 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 uh, in, in treacherous combat zones, you're, you have, you're hypersensitive to risks, you know? And so I could tell, you know, when we're walking with Kenny, he's walking, he's watching all of us, making sure we're not getting hit by cars, you know? Cause he's like, yeah. he's like, come on over here. Let's walk through this cornfield. I, you know, I don't want to walk against this road so much. And so we're, you know, we're humping it through like this cornfield rather than walking alongside the road. But, um, it's, it was a lot of fun. So I highly recommend that you guys, Anyway, they yeah. can walk with Kenny, walk with Kenny. It's a lot of fun. Even if you walk like two or three or four miles, it's, it's fun. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I tell you what, he, um, he, he's pretty passionate about what he's doing. Yeah. You spend five minutes with him and drink his Kool-Aid. You'll believe in it. He's, yeah. He's great. Great. Girl. Absolutely. So Ovi, we've been talking for quite some time. We're getting towards the end of the podcast here. I want to make sure that we give you the, the mic for the final conversation here, which is about um, what do you want to leave with our classmates? What what message do you have or something to kind of double click on that you may have already mentioned, but just what, what do you want to leave us with as a kind of your, your thoughts and perspectives to our class? Yeah, well, first of all, I want to thank you, Jamie, because you don't realize what you're doing for all of us. You are the mortar that keeps some of these rocks together that we call classmates. And you may not sense it now, and you may not sense it tomorrow, but there will be a tomorrow that you will know the full impact of what you started. And, uh, and to all of my classmates, I just wanna say thank you very much. It's, uh, it's an honor um, for me in particular, uh, having worked for some years as a bereavement kind of guy or the tax kind of guy, where I get to, I get to meet classmates, believe it or not, after their passing, and I get to uh, hear stories from their families uh, about who and what they are, not just them, the individuals, but their families. And uh, I just want to encourage you guys to to embrace each other and help each other out as much as we can. You know, the 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 good book says something about. Um, helping others as you want to be helped or love others as you want to be loved. And we as a community, we have been doing this for years and years and years. And I just want to encourage you guys, get out there, get to know each other a little bit better. Always be willing to help when you're tired. Just get up and and press a little bit harder for each other. one of the shames is that I get to learn so many great things when uh, I'm dealing with families after our classmates have passed. And I always walk away thinking, I wish I would have got to know him a whole lot better. Uh, 
Crit, uh, Eric DeYoung and I, we worked together at Bunker, uh, Buckner. And, um, and even after his passing, I walked away thinking, I wish I would have gotten to know him a whole lot better. So don't wait until another day. If you ever have an opportunity to meet someone, get engaged, do it. And, and just some, just, just appreciate it for what it is. And if you hook up with someone like David Dadich, like I just did the other day, you're going to have a hell of a lot of fun. So Jamie, again, thank you very much. Holly, you know, I love you big and uh, I love your family a whole lot. And, uh, and thank you, Jamie, for inviting me. I know that I'm one of the least that you'll ever interview, but man, thank you so much. This has been great. Well, thank you. And thank you for your service to our class as a class bereavement officer. I mean, just you, were, you alluded to it, but this is to, to just clarify that you were like the first point of contact often for families who have, uh, who have lost one of our classmates. And um, so this is a process that we're continuing to evolve. Uh, it's not just for bereavement. I think we're also just for other crises. Uh, we're going to try to develop a better process around that. But uh, Ovi, you are you are a very spiritual person, and I know that you're just a great uh, first point of contact on behalf of the class. And uh, thank you for your service, you know, to our class, for, to our country, for the example that you are. Um, I'm so proud to call you a classmate and friend. So uh, with that, we'll close for tonight. Thank you all who joined us on uh, Facebook, and uh, duty shall be done. All right. Obi, you can stick around. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop the live feed, and... Uh, Hold on one second. Thank you for joining us on this edition of the Duty Shall Be Done Old Grad Podcast. Please check back on this Facebook page for information about featured guests and upcoming episodes of the Duty Shall Be Done Old Grad Podcast.